again. Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, schoolandtruck.com. Ali, good morning. Good to be with you, good. sir. Yeah, yeah. Always great to be with you, Dwayne. It's always fun. And today we have an incredible uh, you know, opportunity. We're with a special guest today. I'll introduce him. I mean, it, it really pretty much it, the introduction will be minor compared to what this gentleman has accomplished. But we're, we're here with the, uh, today. Uh, the legend, you know, Frank Shamrock, UFC champion, public speaker, coach, mentor, actor, movie star, philanthropist, I mean, uh, businessman, I, everything you think you could accomplish, he's kind of done and um, is, is doing it on a regular basis. Frank, we're just honored. I'm, I'm really happy, I, you know, you, you and I have become friends and I'm happy to have you uh, on the call with us. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's our honor, really. I mean... So uh, let's jump right in because I, I want to be aware of your time. You have a lot going on. So, um, so quickly, just give us a little bit of a, what got you involved in the martial arts? Tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved and your thoughts on it. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, I was a kid. I always wanted to participate in martial arts. And the era of Bruce Lee, I was, you know, thought I was going to become a martial arts uh, movie star because uh, that's kind of what uh, was the, uh, the flavor of the time. Uh, but I never really had any experience with it until I turned um, 21. And I was uh, getting out of prison, and my dad, uh, who had, was my group home dad, uh, had always stuck by me, even though I screwed everything up. And he was the guy who was like, listen, you got to, you know, build up your body, build up your mind, and, you know, keep your spirit strong. And then, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, go for it. Um, and at this time... Uh, professional wrestling and, uh, you know, combat sports and hand-to-hand combat were sort of combining and the UFC was starting. Uh, and my dad literally dropped me off at the dojo and I never left. And that was my uh, introduction into martial arts. It was very old school and kind of uh, foreign-esque, but um, yeah. yeah, I got I was in. <laughs> I never, and now, I never did you left. have a... So you have a traditional background in the martial arts, or is it more like was it the more sport-based um, MMA, or did you learn at a traditional no. school? No, it was all um, sport-based and non-traditional at all. And the only okay. you know tradition being um, you know we came up under a, a Japanese system that was well thought okay. out and, and planned out. That was okay. Kray system. Wow, uh, that's great. And it had. No, no, I'm sorry. Keep going. I apologize. No, no, it's, it's had a you know the basic um, grappling um, style with a series of positions uh, that was based on wrestling and entertainment. Wow. Now, now, do you see a change like since you got involved in the UFC to now? Um, what's your What's your opinion? You know, is it has it changed for the better? Are martial arts becoming and following that, you know, WrestleMania kind of model? Is there too much drama or is it like, you know, reality TV based? You know, what, what's your thoughts on that now? Because we've had some good conversations, you and I, about it. And uh, I just love to let the listeners know how you think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it's all entertainment. And you can decide which entertainment you want to watch. But, you know, all in all, it's raising the awareness of martial arts and combat sports in our culture and globally. Uh, and then depends on how you want to, you know, consume that content. 
um, right. Toys, Glory, kickboxing, there's, there's everything out there to watch. But there's certainly, on a global and, a, and an American scale, you know, a huge awareness growth of martial arts. So I can certainly, you know, I can say that it's been very positive. Um, you know, but with that said, I don't let my eight-year-old daughter watch UFC. That's not appropriate. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right, right, exactly. Now, now, do you do you feel martial artists in the cage and, and fighters are getting better? Is it a reinvention of the of the material that was taught and that what you did? Or you know, what what do you think? Like, is it just that people are getting you know more analytical of the movements? I mean, it's quite uh, you know it's quite different nowadays too, just with technically uh, technical ability. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I figured this out, you know a decade ago. Um, But I think a lot of people are reinventing it around their own athletic prowess and then backing it up with a certain strength in a martial arts style, which is how this thing started. People had, you know, they were great wrestlers, so they came in. Um, And we're still seeing that, where guys are relying on a common base of, of, you know, strength, a common martial art or a common base. Um, But, yeah, I mean, all in all, the athletes evolved. You know, the presentation, the entertainers evolved. Um, and while it's been slow, you know, now we got guys, they know that it's about fighting, presenting, you know, the speech before, after, and during. It's about the entire, you know, package of entertainment, the entire martial arts presentation. Right, right. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Even like, you know, a guy like maybe like a Conor McGregor and, and uh, the reason why he commands such good money is because people love to watch him. And he's, you know, he's controversial or he's, uh, you know, he, he's got, you know, whatever his personality and charisma. So it's really almost like being a, a well-rounded actor, you know, presentation on stage, public speaking, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, we're a professional martial artist and a professional martial artist teaches, presents, and shows his trades. So we're doing it on television. That's the only difference between us and the martial arts in the gym. Uh, but on television, the stakes, the demands of entertainment are much higher. They need to be served. The public needs to be served if you're going to be in that role. Otherwise, don't. Right. Um, but there's certainly been that development. Guys get it. And the guys get that they don't have it. You know, they accept the other role of, okay, I'll be the bad guy or I'll be this guy or I'll be that guy. And um, Right. But it's really important to define your brand, to define your character, because, you know, when you're on TV, you got, you know, two minutes to convince the world, you know, your side of the story, and then you right. got to back it up fighting. So there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. of Yeah. Hey, speaking of brands, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of your TV show on Spike or, uh, you know, the uh, Jim Rescue. I'm a big bar rescue fan. I'm all about reality shows that change people's lives and I loved what you did so that was awesome I, I wish that there were more episodes uh, of the show but tell me like when you when you would go into a gym because we Dwayne and I always talk about to, to our clients in the martial art industry you know it is about branding it's about knowing who you are and presenting your business in a specific way and, and you know you're a branding genius I know I know a little bit about you I mean you've been involved with strike force and multiple other business ventures like we talked about before after we're done with the phone call you're going to meet with entrepreneurs and billionaires and, and you're always involved with some sort of thing so tell me about branding and what you saw and, and what do you think as far as how it it plays a part in in someone's business their school their their gym you know the MMA facility what, what are your thoughts on that well, I mean, it's it's the jacket that clothes everything. 
And I think that's what people forget is, you know, you, you, don't, you don't open the jacket. It's always the same. You've got to be consistent. And it takes time to tell a good story. And then it takes consistency backing it up. And those backing it up are usually, you know, proven business systems. And that's where a lot of our, you know, martial arts professionals fall down. Is, right. You know, everything's a, pro- everything's a process. Everything's mm-hmm. a, a system. And, you know, that, that you know, feel-good brand has to be supported by manageable systems so that the customers are serviced and they feel good about participating. So, you right. know, it's a twofold thing. It's operational and then it's, you know, you always have to think of the larger picture of what this says about who you are and what you're doing and then what that will mean to the guy who says it to the other guy. Uh, and a lot of people just are, you know, they're looking at their school. You know, they're looking at, at what's in front of their face. They're looking at, you know, their town. Um, but, you know, when I build a brand and when I think about a brand, I think about how many people will connect with this story, you know, around the world because that's the real value. And with right. technology, you can make a global brand in, you know, two hours. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a, a, you know, a machine anymore. It just takes you know, forethought, planning, and mapping this thing out to what you want to achieve at the end. Yeah, and now, uh, kind of now curious, go ahead, Dwayne. I was just gonna, yeah, I was just gonna ask you. I'm kind of curious with regards to the the, the branding issue. Um, you know, with with the gyms that you had had went and and turned around, was that an obstacle for the owner to uh, overcome? Meaning that. Was it something hard for them to grasp and understand that they really needed to know who they were and what their story was in order to even project that? 100%. Because that's okay. the deep and how did, thinking and the deep planning that, that all these guys skip over so they can get the business open and going. And that's usually what okay. we find. It's, you know, they take, the, they take yeah. off of the airplane, but they haven't connected the flap, so they don't know how to land it. And that's like right. Really, so, <laughs> it's like how did you connect? The, how did you connect the dots though for them? Um, was it just you know say hey you hey look this is what you have to do or I mean was there a strategic way that that you were able to connect the dots with with everybody? Yeah, for sure. Well, what we do is we take out the numbers because you can't argue with the the numbers and the numbers of most of these businesses were near failing. So. You know, once you pull back the curtain and you start talking about the real stability and mechanics of it, um, and then you start talking about the effects of what will happen if it's gone or if it changes or what really truly has to happen. Because most people aren't really addressing the core needs of their business, which is in turn not addressing the core needs of their clients. Uh, but usually there's a sit, you know, we, you, we always film it, but there's a sit down, we see the numbers and, you know, once you get to the base and you start having the conversation of what works, what doesn't, you know, what's real, what's not, um, then everybody kind of opens up their eyes. Because it's really everybody in this business wants to help people. But you get distracted and you get on other systems or other people's ideas or you get, you know, out of your own head and then suddenly you're doing something that it feels okay but it's just not right and then it's just breaking down the system. And then we provide valuable systems that are proven. Like you can't argue with the numbers. So you can try another one, but you just can't argue with the value of the numbers. But most people, even though it's emotional and tough, they eventually just turn because the facts kind of drive you there. Right. Well, what I yeah. like what you've said is, is you know, one, that it's important 
for the owner of a gym or a martial arts school or, or any business that they need to know who they are first and foremost and what their story is. And this is, I'm kind of just repeating this for the listeners, but then also to make sure that I heard you correctly. So they need to know what their story is and then to be able to uh, project that story to um, their, their clients. And I'm assuming, you know, and this is, this is understood that you didn't say this, but I, I'm sure you're saying it is that their ideal client. So that story has to resonate with their ideal client. Um, but then there are, like what you said, there are systems that are uh, hardcore systems that every gym or, in our case, let's say martial arts schools, every every gym or martial arts schools can use that are time-tested, proven, um, and that work. And then the metrics is really where it's at because the numbers don't lie. So you manage things by the metrics and not by your emotions. Am I kind of getting what you're saying correct? Absolutely. And that's the key okay. to, you know, this, the larger thought of Kaizen, which is, you know, smaller incremental movements and improvements to the overall machine. Uh, and, and that's, yeah, that's the core. But most people are in a business because, you know, for some emotional reason. Something has charged them up and given them passion. It turns it into a business model. Uh, but most people don't build the model, you know, and take the time to think about, okay, 20 years from now, we're going to sell this, or five years, or eight years, or whatever. You know, they don't think about them like machines that they're going to drive to a new destination and give to somebody else and then decide on another machine. Yeah, Let me ask an additional that, question then. Uh, I was just going to say, can I go, Allie, or do you want to go? No, that's fine. Okay. Um, most individuals, I shouldn't say most, a lot of individuals that have been in your position, have had the success that you've had as an athlete, as an entertainer, um, be it whether it's, uh, let's say, the NFL um, or, you know, specifically what you've, you've done, I've seen a lot of stories that once they get out of that light, once the spotlight isn't on them anymore, that for some reason, you know, they're not able to uh, continue and reinvent themselves or they lose all their money. Or So I, I, from your aspect, because you've been able to, hold on to what you, you, you've had and then slightly reinvent yourself with different things, you know, what was the mindset? Was that something that you thought about while you were at the top of your game or did you have individuals that, that helped you with that? Um, I, I had both. I had advisors who were, you know, saying, you know, this will not end or this will end and it can't go on forever. And then I had examples in my older brother and my community of my teachers who got older and I watched how they had trouble reintegrating and, you know, leaving their other roles. Uh, and I just, you know, I decided I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and I realized to do that, just like mar learning martial arts, I just had to keep learning new skills. If I wanted to be a writer, I just had to learn how to write better, you know, or find the right writer guy. Uh, so, you know, for me, it, it, I, this brand you know, is going to finance, you know, my children's, 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 children's education. So I've got to, you know, really focus on, you know, the next 40 years of building it and, and continuing to build it and continuing to monetize and, and change with society and serve them so that I can build this legacy and this brand. So for me, it's not a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year. It's like a, you know, 50-year play. Right. Yeah, and I like what you're saying is that we need to have that that mindset of that longevity, something that's going to outlast us, and, and how do we set that up? And it sounds to me like, um, one, you saw bad examples, 
and you didn't want to do that, but two, you also had mentors that were kind of steering you in the right direction. And I, I, I'm under assumption that you still have maybe some of the same mentors or um, different mentors that help you when, when you need that type of help. You go out and search for, for it. You just don't do it on your own. Am I understanding that correctly? A hundred percent. Yeah, and we have a system that we use and we teach through our martial arts school, through our business management, through our coaching. Um, and I think we uh, saw it last time we were up at Ali's, and that's the, the plus um, equal minus system. And this is how you really become successful and learn stuff. Anything you ever want to be successful at, this is what I use every day. Uh, you just find your plus. And I'll find the guy that has it or the girl or the team or the group or the whoever that did it, experienced it, has the knowledge, the information, and is willing to give it to you. And make yourself a student and go get it. Um, when you assume that role and you have that mentor position, uh, you just need the two other components. That's your equal, someone to compete against. That means your competition, your guy across the street, the guy you want to become, you know, in competition with. Uh, and then you find your, you know, your minus, the guy who doesn't know but could be tremendously valued by this information and, and empowered. Uh, and when you put that system in place and you find your plus and you compete against your equal and you teach and you lead your mind, you can do anything because you're getting the information directly from a valued and trusted source and you're teaching and, and trusting that you know it enough to share it with another human being and guide them on their journey. And then you've got someone to, you know, shoot arrows at with your, <laughs> with your strategy and your, you know, your machine. Uh, and that's how I grow when I take care of these things. Like, I need to make a movie. Okay, let's make a movie. Let's find the guy who made the awesome movie that I wanted to make. And let's see if he'll be my plus. Right. That's how I do it. Wow. I love that. I love that. So, yeah, now, you have uh, been able to reinvent yourself, like we've talked about, but... Now, I mean, can you tell our listeners now what you are involved in and, and you talk about setting things up for a legacy for yourself? Um, I know that you you have a, um, a new venture that you're doing that we definitely want to talk about. So can you kind of cover that as well? Yeah, for sure. Well, in 2010, my dad died, my adopted dad, Bob Shamrock. And uh, it was just a, a huge, you know, blow to our family because he, he was the leader of this kind of, you know, vision of helping, helping boys, and and he helped uh, Ken and I so much. Uh, so over the next few years, I kind of thought about it, and as I was retiring and raising my daughter and stuff, um, you know, I just kept realizing there's something I should be doing. So this uh, last year, I filed a nonprofit called the Shamrock Way Organization, and uh, we set a pretty strong mission, and that is to protect at-risk youth uh, in their communities. And uh, we're going to do that by reopening the Shamrock Boys Ranch. And we're looking at uh, creating a scalable model, just like martial arts, that we can take all over the United States, put into communities. These are all green, off-the-grid, um, you know, little camps for at-risk boys. We care for boys aged 12 to 17. We can have 20 of them at a time. And these little camps also serve as homeless veterans, families in crisis, and they become a community support place where any at-risk kid can go. And um, and then the center of this little Shamrock Boys Ranch is a martial arts dojo where we teach martial arts. And we believe the you know one of our core curriculums is 
personal improvement and learning that through martial arts and community and personal development. So, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I've taken most of my assets, my law enforcement business, my martial arts business, and a bunch of my trademarks and stuff, and I've given them to this charity. Um, and my brother is uh, aboard, and we're we're all in to reopen these ranches and try to make a serious difference for, you know, boys that are, you know, really in trouble. And, you know, the next stop for them is to go to jail or go to prison like I did. Now, yeah. you, you have a website for that? Oh, yeah, shamrockway.org, and we're an all-volunteer company, so if you want to get involved and make a difference in your community, we'd love to have you aboard. You can also make a donation. Uh, and our next event is July the 9th in Redding, California, and we'll be doing a live public presentation, teaching martial arts for free, distributing it uh, across the Internet uh, for free and around the world, and then we'll be talking about nutrition and um, life skills, um, and then we have an awesome live auction planned for that day. And then our newest initiative, which we just got financed by a bunch of Silicon Valley guys, is we're able to provide free martial arts classes to low-income, at-risk kids. So if you're in a, uh, you're in a public school and uh, you're attending school, you can uh, apply for a scholarship from us, and we'll pay for your martial arts education. And the only requirement is that you uh, attend According to your schedule, and you cannot miss two consecutive days unless there is a life-altering reason. Right. And then, wow. uh, yeah. And then we have one more scholarship, which is technology-based, and we're just figuring that out right now with some of our Stanford team. Um, one of our board members is uh, the um, professor of entrepreneurism at Stanford University. So we're running a program through them to figure out how we can activate some of those great minds for us. And, um, and pay for some young kids to continue their technology education and development. So, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, and we've got an offer on some land here in the Los Angeles area. And um, uh, like I said, I'm meeting with the mayor uh, here right after this to go, you know, talk to them about the impact of the community and what we can do for them and, you know, how valuable we think it is for the community and try to get some acceptance and open arms and take the next step of uh, putting some money down on some property. Wow, that's great. Now, how um, how can the listeners get involved? Can they go to your website, uh, email you, or is there a link to click on in case they want to, um, you know, be uh, you know, be involved in uh, your program or do it locally or help raise money for the charity? How how can they do that? Hundred percent. The best way to do it is go to shamrockway.org and click on volunteer. And there's a form you fill out. There's a whole list of uh, people in and roles that we're looking for right now. Um, but until we get a ranch, we're mostly a virtual company. So we're providing scholarships, we're providing information, and we're connecting people and building this brand awareness. Um, the next stage for us is to get martial arts schools involved that want to offer these scholarships. So if you own a martial arts school, you might want to think about, um, you know, is there a chance to offer a scholarship to a young man or a woman um, who might be in need that would not be able to afford it that might make a tremendous impact on their life. And uh, we'd love to figure out a way to work that out and make sure it gets done. Okay, great. And now, um, so obviously we'll put up a link on our on our, our blog and our posts and our website, and then all the listeners could easily go there and check it out with you. I, I want to tell you personally, I'd love to help you know. I, I mean, I'd like to be involved and help you out as far as promoting it and maybe uh, working with you on the uh, scholarship program. That's great. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. I, I, I always believe, me personally, I believe martial arts is like the magic pill. I think that we could yeah. really cure and help and save so many people, whether it be young or old, you know, but uh, it's just such a great uh, venue, a great message. So I'm really, I applaud you for what you're doing, and, and that's why I really wanted to be on here with you and help you promote what you're doing. So uh, great job, and, and thank you. And just to close, because I know you're kind of tight on time, could you give us three, like maybe two or three tips that, or, or pieces of advice at where you think a business owner, uh, anybody really uh, needs to uh, dig in, you know, to be able to grow and get better at what they do? So, I mean, like maybe uh, business information, where do you think they should go? What should they become good at? You know, what are some of the things, like you said, you have to look for a mentor in to study to become? Uh, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. So let's start first with branding. It is essential that you sit down and you create a viable, strong, real, palatable story that is representative of you and your community, and you define that towards your core audience. And that is going to take a minute. Like, that is not going to be overnight. Because <laughs> you got to ask people and you got to share. And my model is, you know, take a, write a draft and share it with 10 people. And by the end of 10 people, you're going to have a clear picture of what your brand is. Share it with 10 friends, 10 family, 10 people that know you but don't work for you. Right. And that, that's step number one. <laughs> step number two is all about systems. It really is about the mechanics of your business. And if any mechanic falls down, it's a machine. So if any part is not functioning, it's broken, it's twisted, it's, it's they're getting a divorce. Like it doesn't matter what it is in the real world. If the metrics are wrong, then it must be adjusted, and it has to be adjusted with with mechanics. You right. Know, the knobs need to be turned, and that has to be that's a, that's a manager's job. That's an owner's job. If you want to manage, you know, be successful in your business, you're the one turning the knobs and deciding where the flows go. Mm. So that you know, you need to sit down at your machine if you're a real business owner. And decide how you know how quickly do you want it to run? What's the intake? You know, what's the nozzle intake? How much oxygen is coming? Whatever you use to you know idolize your machine, you need to sit down and tinker it, fine tinker it. And most people completely skip that. Uh, and then right. the second thing is, is those processes are detailed and tested. They are you doing it to your staff and knowing it by heart. If you don't know it, then it's not your business; it's somebody else's business. Uh-huh. So for me, if if I write a script, someone might write it for me, but I'm going to remove the words around until it feels like my words. So right. that when I say it, it's my words. So that when I when I say it to my, you know, inferior or my my hire, you know, they feel my words in it. And it's my message. Uh, right. I mean, most people, you know, they they get away from. It takes two seconds to deliver your message. Uh, right. If you have the right systems in place. If you don't, you're sitting down hacking away at your message. But when the right systems right. are in place, you can come in and deliver the message. Um, but stay in control of your message. That's how you build these things to the biggest level. Right. That's uh, when it's from from your heart, from your soul, from you, from your plan. Uh, right. And then the last thing I would say for everybody is you should have a life plan. This is not a game, and this is not a roll of the dice, and, you know, you're not me fighting in a cage, and you may or may not make it. Like, this is real. So everybody should have some plan for their life, and anything could happen, and God knows what could happen. 
But if you're not following some sort of plan, you're just wandering around screwing it up. Right. So, so you know, p- part of this business model and part of you knowing what you want from being successful is knowing what you want from life. Because when you got your life plan and your thing figured out, the business is just a vehicle to drive you there. And you'll always right. want to polish it and make it make sure it's tight. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I, I you know, in, in closing, I have to say, I, I I hear so much of what you're saying, and I'm like shaking my head, going, "Wow, it's, it's sheer genius," you know. And and I know to you, Frank, it's kind of like this common basic knowledge. And so Dwayne and I also, when we talk to clients, I think we have a different level of understanding than some of the the newer school owners or the people that are struggling. So what you said, I I just love that resonated with me just on the branding message. And I constantly tell people this. I ask them, you know, what's your brand? And they'll say Taekwondo or they'll say Hapkido or right. Karate. And, no, no, that's not your brand. You know, what is it that you, what makes you special? We call it your, uh, you, some people say the USP, unique selling proposition, but we call it your unique strategic purpose. Like why do you exist? Right. What you said was just so great. I, if people just got that one part of the message, their lives would be so much easier. For sure. Yeah, because you know yeah. what you're doing. Well, thank you. You know? Yeah, that's great. So you have any final words for our listeners? No, but make sure you train every day. Make sure you stretch every day. Make sure you pray every day and kiss your children. That's awesome. That's great. Well, Frank, I love I love it. Thanks for, you know, chatting with me. Thanks for being, you know, accessible and, and staying in touch with me. I really am honored to be your friend. And can't wait to have you back at my Again, and uh, we had a great time in the middle of winter, right? We were, you were freezing the last time you came up, and um, you're like, "What is this cold weather?" But uh, but <laughs> why? Yeah, next, next time I come, yeah, back, why I'll am come I back in this warm? Yeah, yeah. Come back when it's summer. We'll hang out in my yard, and we'll go, you know we'll go in the pool and just enjoy ourselves. So uh, bring the family. But thanks so much for being here, and I'm really honored to have you on the call with us. And I hope the listeners really take the words and, that you said and break it down into those steps because there's so many little, as Dwayne and I call it, nuggets of gold. Right, Dwayne? Absolutely. And I just want to remind everybody to go to shamrockway.org, so shamrockway.org, to uh, get more information about Frank, uh, you know, what he's up to and that organization. Also, if you want to share this and on uh, Facebook, feel free to do it. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and also your Android device. Just go to schoolonertalk.com. Allie, Frank, it was an honor. Thank you, guys. Thank you.